0: That's N O O M dot com to sign up today. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from PitcherList.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is June 23rd. Happy Friday. And yes, we're going to talk about baseball. I'm a little late today because I just had a ton of fun just talking about life and everything on the Twitch chat. We, yes, we got the streamers. Yes, we're doing this podcast. Now we're going to watch Braxton Garrett after this. I do this every morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Normally it's about noon, but uh, it is 1245 as I record this right now because. It's just really fun talking to everybody in the community about life and everything. So come on by. Uh, I hope to see you there. I do it every weekday morning, 10 to 12. And then I also do the Monday stream for The List from 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. So definitely tune in for those. I would love to meet you guys. Just say hi. Uh, it's absolutely free, 100%. So just come to twitch.tv slash and say hi. All right. Uh, Jake Irvin. What a game. Six innings, one or two run, five hits, one walk, six Ks. Why does this matter? Because he's sitting two ticks harder. 92.5 mile per hour fastball instead of 93. And honestly, what I've seen from Jake Irvin is actually kind of a good command guy with this fastball. So if he's sitting two ticks harder and gets a 38 percent CSW on his four seamer, that does change everything. So I'm kind of curious about this. And if he can have a 65% uh, strike rate on his curveball against the Mariners next time, that actually might work. Now, keep in mind, the curve just went two for 23 whiffs. But with that good command on that fastball and the and the curveball getting strikes, that should work. So kind of kind of cool to see. I wonder if it does stick around. You might not. I mean, I think in most twelve teamers you don't want to chase it, but in a fifteen teamer, you're looking for a random start next week. That might be something you want to chase. Joe Ryan had a complete game shutout against the Red Sox. He of course got the win, uh, three hits, zero walks, and nine Ks as well. So you see that, and you go, oh yeah, clearly the splitter and or slider were like legit CSW pitches nope the slider sweeper was thrown just twice that is you threw one slider and one sweeper according to savant and the splitter had a 20 percent csw however or i want to say in summation is what fast used to say all the time in the podcast he doesn't anymore uh the splitter was everything that he needed it to be it does not need to be a whiff pitch it just needs to be a strike pitch why because that four seamer is just so good up in the zone and the, that splitter had 20 foul balls, actually 10 foul balls and 10 balls in play. I was going to combine them. He threw 35 of them and just one hit. That's so huge. And that's a really good ratio of throwing. One hit to 35 pitches is three hits per 100. And that's really good. I wonder if that's a stat we should do. Percentage hit percentage off a of pitch. Huh, that's kind of interesting. Uh, as opposed to like BABIP or something. We combine strike and this just percentage that this pitch is a hit (laughs) oh boy another stat incoming anyway that's that pitch is doing everything it needs to do for joe ryan in and that's what allows him to soar for a a complete game shutout now it is a splitter which isn't the most consistent thing out there we know this but i hope that it does become something consistent at least between that and the, the breaking ball one of the two also he did the blake snow blueprint my gosh it was It was nice. It was really nice. So nice that Mike Petriello tweeted out, this is art, and I could not agree more. It is art that should be on my wall, like the Blake Snell blueprint is in my bedroom. Bryce Elder went against the Phillies. Seven innings, zero runs, three hits, two walks, and six strikeouts. It's a Vargas rule, I guess. I mean, we had that one... Weird outing, and I was wondering, huh, is this over? I guess we'll go one more time. That was, that was against the Nationals, I believe. Then he did well against Rocky Road, and now he did well against the Phillies. And I guess, all right, we just keep starting Bryce Elder again. Uh, Aaron Nola against Atlanta. Yes, six innings, zeroed runs, two hits, two walks, five Ks. Thank you so much, Aaron Nola. He gets the Cubs next. And then he could get the Washington Nationals and the Miami Marlins if they do restructure it with a day off to go four-man. Uh so that he resets and has the schedule he had before the rain out on Wednesday. I want to see it, but uh, the sinker was much better than uh, the four-seamer in this one, just 57% strikes, which is interesting because I've been like, hey, go four-seamers, but Nola's sinker is getting better. So you know what? Good job getting those outs. Kerbal's also really good. Didn't have the blow-up inning. Everything's wonderful. I guess there's a guy named Blake Snell who's doing really well. I, I wasn't aware of this. No, guess the Giants, he got the win. Six innings, zero runs, three hits, zero walks, 11 Ks. This is getting insane. And I remember actually a lot of conversations that I've had over the past year or so about Blake Snell where people get really upset at me saying, Nick, you're thinking of like the 2018 Cy Young season. He hasn't been good since. I'm like, this is why we, we do this. And what's so interesting is that Blake Snell was surviving before this. He wasn't destroying your leagues, right? but he was clearly not the best pitcher he could have been and even in this it was it's so weird he got a gallows pull at 22 whiffs the curveball got a lot of strikes this was really i think the 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 thing that made a big difference for him was that the breaking balls were actually doing well 50% CSW for the curveball that is it because the changeup has actually been the hero for Blake Snell it was the plan b that is, entering the season, yes, he wanted to do fastballs in the zone with sliders and curves for strikes. You got to do that. You got to do that. got to do that. But what happened is that sell just didn't have those. They were bounced. So then he had to turn to the changeup because he had nothing else. And I remember at first being, oh, no, this changeup's here. I don't like this. But then I was like, right, I understand. He had to. But then he's constantly had to. And the changeup, which had been such a bad detrimental pitch for him before, has been exceptional. Once again, 46% CSW. On this changeup, really good locations on it, and so while still having that skill now, and then adding the curveball, Blake Snell then also went thirteen for forty-two called strikes. He didn't really go in the upper half, which is so strange. He's not doing the Blake Snell blueprint <laughs> because he's got, got fastballs all over the zone. But I I love this. You got to obviously keep going. Like what's crazy is I'm trying to tell you that there's a better version of Snell than what we're seeing, that is more consistent. I guess. Um, but yeah, this is cool. This is, this is really, really cool. Um, obviously I have to keep moving him up the list. Uh, Brian Wu against the Yankees, 5.1 innings, zero and in runs, two hits, three walks, five cases. Fastball is entering the start. I think was like 92nd percentile in PLV. Uh, swing strike rate has been absurdly good. This was, uh, I wouldn't say the most whiff heavy four seamer pitch or four seamer effort we've seen from Wu. The slider still needs to work. Um, and It's not there. It's just kind of around. round. Um, I'm a little worried about that. And I don't know, like, it's grading well, that four-seamer. I don't really know if it is actually that good. Like, it's not as good as Bryce Miller's. But we hold on to Brian Wu right now. And maybe there's something that'll be like, oh, cool, there's a secondary pitch that we really, really love. And bam, he soars, right? He uh, gets the Nationals next. So it's like, I love these situations where we're still waiting for more from a pitcher. But then he gets a good enough matchup so you can essentially stash, but also get the value at the same time, right? Logan Allen against the Athletics had a really strange outing because it was 89 pitches in just four innings, but zero earned runs. And it was just a ton of foul balls. And that really stalled this one out. Uh, two hits, three walks, five case. He was the stream pick of the day. Twitch check could not decide if this was a streaming victory or not for me. They literally, it, we did a poll and it was 50-50. So I gave myself the win. Why? Because this was not a detrimental one for you. It helped. Yes, we, technically I would want it to be five innings. But the fact that it was zeroed runs of four, which is a good ERA, which is a, a 125 whip, which is fine, and then the five strikeouts, that to me helps your week. So thus, it is a streaming victory. Barely. But you, like four innings is like, oh man, okay. Um, what's going on here is the 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 heater is an elite. The change uh, can't really be relied upon, I think, as a one-two punch for Logan Allen. The slider just is not the thing. Uh, It's a 50% strike rate right now and 31% usage. You got to do better with it. I think this is like the third or fourth start in a row that we've seen Logan Allen struggle with the slider. So um, uh, I think we got to keep going because it's the Royals next. I know it's athletics here, but the Royals next, you got to do that. But yeah, this is... uh, ah, Logan Allen, I I want you to click in again. You're so good when you do. Okay, We have a lot of guys to talk about, including this Brex and Garrett stuff, which is amazing. And we're going to talk about all of those after this break. Are you ready to step up to the plate and show off your fantasy baseball skills? Check out Underdog's Fantasy 7th Inning Stretch Tournament from now through July 14th, where you can build your dream team and compete against your friends for the $150,000 in total prizes. So what are you waiting for? Visit the link in the episode description and use promo code PITCHERLIST to receive 100% deposit match up to $100. Join us in the seventh inning stretch tournament and experience the thrill of fantasy baseball like never before on Underdog. Good luck and may the best team win. Must be 18 or older, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, 21 and older in Massachusetts and Arizona, and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpc. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY. And in Tennessee, call 1-800-889-9789. Braxton Garrett against the Pirates. Seven innings, one, or to run three hits, zero walks, and 13 strikeouts. 43% CSW. Oh my gosh. The cutter, 42% CSW on it. Slider went seven for 26 strikes. And look, the sinker, which I think is the worst pitch in Braxton Garrett's arsenal, had a ton of called strikes, and that's just what you want to see. You really do. Whenever you, you see a fastball that is a detriment, you just want it to get called strikes. Get strikes that are not punished. Thank you very much. Uh, if if you picked him up after his disaster against Atlanta, when he started to throw the cutter a ton, it's been glory, and he's got a good schedule still. I'm like Braxton Garrett is, to me um one of the is one of the true sneaky pickups it's like him and Garrett Whitlock to me it's not the the prospect pitchers everybody's fighting over those Braxton Garrett and, and Garrett Whitlock so Braxton Garrett Whitlock are the prime examples of how to win a fantasy league by paying attention to trends and and getting on top of it where they are not the names that everyone is mentioning i I'm so like I talk about this every year about like guys you can pick up off the wire and you should be drafting four starters, really five that you want to trust the year because let's be honest, one or two are not going to be around either by injury or by um, or just not being the guy you thought they were going to be. But uh, if you have those five that you in a high likelihood uh, are going to be there for the entire season, that essentially means you're looking for like three or four to find during the year that really then supplement them. And sure, we can talk about Bryce Miller and Bobby Miller and Taj Bradley and Yuri Perez and so on and so forth. But the real winners are guys like Michael Waka and Braxton Garrett and Garrett Whitlock. Um, you could say Merrill Kelly, but I think honestly, uh, despite my, you know, what I was saying in the, the preseason, I didn't want Merrill Kelly. We don't draft Tobys. I mean, he's done far better than I expected. And he was drafted enough leagues that you couldn't pick him up and, and soar with him. But those are the guys really, to me, I'm like, James Paxton, take a chance on that one. No one really cared about James Paxton. I was like, oh, no, whatever. I was like, what are you talking about? If he's healthy, he's fine. And like, that's the kind of move that that shifts your fantasy teams quickly, right? And Brian Wu, after his first start against the Rangers, uh, it was kind of easy to throw that away. And a lot of people gave up on it. But if you paid attention, if you stayed in it's about, and didn't just follow the hype of the masses... Uh, there's a lot of things that you can find. J.P. Sears is another good example. Seven innings, 200 runs, four hits, one walk, eight Ks. He's got like a 105 whip or something right now. Uh, This was a productive start against the Guardians. I've called him 2022 Eric Lauer because it feels like start by start. um, The fastball, you don't really know what we're going to get. Uh, That said... J.P. Sears, I think, is a really great target for streams. I mean, he's just one of those guys that people don't want to go after because it's Oakland. I mean, he did get the loss here. That's fine. But those ratios are great. Those strikeouts are great. This is a very productive start for you. And chase other guys for wins. But J.P. Sears, I think, um, I mean, he's a four-year array right now. There are, I think, some starts that you could just easily avoid. But another one where it's just like, pay attention. Um Tommy Henry is someone you might want to pay attention to. He got the win against the Nationals yesterday. 6.2 innings, one runs, run, seven hits, one walk, five Ks. His slider is becoming a legit pitch. This is the third straight start of it actually doing really well. It was a 33% CSW in this one. Now he gets the raise next. So fine, we don't do that. But I uh, so we but we pay attention, right? We say like, "Hey, Tommy Henry is a new pitcher than we thought before." And I'm curious how that slider performs against the Rays. I don't want to start that because I feel like even if Tommy Henry, Tommy Henry really needs to be like his absolute best self for that to come through. But if he's at least doing the basic skills that we're seeing here replicated, then I will be continuing to search him or circle him. Uh, Mitch Keller is another one that if you were paying attention, you would have jumped in on. I personally didn't. I'm not going to sit here and say like, oh yeah, you got Mitch Keller. But he was doing so well and uh, and people didn't believe it. But I should have paid more attention and I didn't. And seven innings, one or run, five hits, zero walks, and five Ks. I I essentially didn't buy that his command was real, but also the, fa- the impact of the cutter at first. And that was my mistake and something that I really want to, you know, I, I'm thinking about that and I'm going, okay, I need to really focus on that moving forward. But he did really well against the Miami Marlins. 45% CSW on sinkers. Uh, super good sweeper. Uh, four seamers had a 30% CSW. Um... It was a lot of cold strikes and not whiffs, but the fact that he's dominating inside the zone is everything. Now, Padres and Dodgers next. Ah, uh, I'm doing it. I'm going I'm going for Mitch Kelly. I think like his command is back. Uh, Shane McClanahan scared us yesterday against the Royals. 3.2 innings, 200 runs, 4 hits, 2 walks, 3 Ks because he got pulled with a velocity dip. However, it's not an arm injury, thankfully. Not shoulder, not arm. It's a mid-back injury, and those can be nagging, and that can be a thing, but... It's much more confident. uh, It gives us more confidence when he does return that he will be fine, right? That he's, it's not a long, long long-term thing, I don't believe. So I don't know when we're going to see him next. Um, It could just be like, hey, we'll give him, we'll push back his next start or something like that to give him extra time. I don't know. That honestly sounds like a worse situation than an IL because you have to stash him then and you probably don't get a start next week from Shane McClanahan, but you don't get the roster spot. So that's very frustrating. Stinks, he's not going to be number one because of that. Uh, I wonder if there'll be an IL designation by then. Um, at the very least, I'll have him. I'll probably have him at like third or something like that on the list. Who is it going to be, Cole or Strider? I don't know yet. Um, we have Jose Quas. Uh, uh, I don't C. C-E-U-A-S. I've never had to pronounce this in my life. Um, I am so sorry. I'm sure I butchered that. Uh, He opened for the Royals with Austin Cox. Who is this guy? uh, Going 3.2 innings of shutout ball and four strikeouts. And it's kind of wild. Eight over 24 whiffs on that four-seamer. With a cutter going nine for 10 strikes for 40% CSW. That's so interesting. The changeup went six for 14 strikes for a 7% CSW. And you want to see over a larger sample. But uh, uh, K-Wass, thank you so much, Chad Fertree. Uh, You're awesome. Jose Kawas, uh, and Austin Cox is the guy we're talking about here. I don't know. The Royals don't have anything of interest, so if anyone that actually does things, uh, well, if there, is, if there is a pitcher who actually has any sort of success, I would imagine the Royals will be aggressive with that. So follow that one. I'm, I'm very curious. Um, Justin Garza opened for Brandon Walter, who got the call, and we didn't have any expectations here. 6.2 innings, 300 runs, 6 hits, 3 walks, and 2 Ks. MLB debut with 5 whiffs, 22% CSW, 92 pitches. That doesn't sound great, because it isn't. And uh, we are not going to go after Brandon Walter. Uh, Alex Wood and Domingo Herman both got trounced. Uh, Wood by the Padres, which was pretty obvious. Uh, one game removed from the IL and lower pitch count, and the Padres are good, and Alex Wood has a history of being volatile, and there you go. Um, and Domingo Herman against the Mariners was just laboring. Uh, you know, he got laced with the curveball still being good. Um... Yeah, don't worry about Herman. Honestly, he gets the athletics next. I feel like the curveball's still good enough that he should be fine. All right, looking forward to today and tomorrow's games. Um, we have today. It's Logan Webb and Logan Gilbert and Zach Eflin and Chris Bassett, Jose uh, Lazardo, Lucas Giolito, and Joe Musgrove all in that top tier. I went over all these yesterday, also on the site. So I'm going. I'm going to make a habit of going through, uh, yesterday's rankings quickly, uh, as opposed to really leaning on those. If there's any changes fine but no I mean you start all those guys Brian Bayo and Shane Bieber Shane Bieber is interesting just because I know it's the Brewers but yeah be careful about the slider not being that good um, Emmett Sheehan against the Astros I'm very curious about this start this is the question we'll start here uh, because Emmett Sheehan has a good fastball that is has a lot of ride and then I define ride as horizontal movement and rise being vertical so uh, Emmett Sheehan doesn't necessarily have the secondaries that allow me to feel super confident against the Astros, but I'm very curious if we see them come alive in the second star. We often do see that. MLB debuts generally have worse secondaries than what they actually are because the mentality often is establish fastballs, dominate with fastballs. And I hate that. (laughs) I I mean, it's because it's the easier thing. It's to to ease the pitcher, be like, cool, just throw strikes with fastballs and then we'll work in the secondaries and everything. But honestly, I want to see guys throwing secondaries a ton in the MLB debut because that's... It's, do the same thing that had, had success in the minors. Don't try and change things all of a sudden. Just do the thing. So I'm curious what we'll see from machine Um Taiwan Walker against the Mets. You don't know where you're going to get when it comes to velocity and uh, the splitter. Same with Kodai Senga, honestly, I mean, the main with the splitter. Uh we I uh, let's see, we have Kyle Gibson against the Mariners, Luis Ortiz against the Marlins uh as our stream pick of the day. I don't really like this. I don't really like much of this? I don't know. It's all questionable start here. But Luis Ortiz against the Marlins could just throw fastballs in the zone with a good enough slider and that's cool. AJ Smith Chavar goes against the Reds in Cincinnati, and I just don't want to do that. They're pretty hot right now and great uh Great American Small Park is uh, terrifying. Kenton Maeda is still ill against the Tigers. He could go five innings. They could really just take it slow here. I, I just think it's one of those cases where you don't really do it and you hope for the best. Um, JP France is going against the Dodgers. I think France is solid. It's just the Dodgers and Wade Miley against the Guardians. I don't know how long he's going to go in this one. And he had really good command last time, but it's just one start out of it. This could just be boring. So it could be like six innings of 200 runs and seven base runners and three Ks or something. Right. But it could also be like Five innings of 300 runs. It's just, yeah, or four and less. It's just, don't really do it. Um, unless you're chasing, I guess, a quality start, but I don't know if you'll go that leash. Anyway, Clark Schmidt is going today instead of Severino. Note that, don't start him. Cool, great. It's against the Rangers. Rangers, I have no interest in that. Zach Davies against the Giants. Joey Wentz is actually kind of interesting. He had good command last time, but it was a lot foul balls that led to the strikeouts. I don't know if he's going to repeat that, but still kind of interesting against the Twins. Dane Dunning, uh, James Caprillion. Sandoval's, uh, Patrick Sandoval, the Irish Panada. Not Panda because of the classic typo of Panda I made once uh, against uh, the Rockies in cores. I don't want to do Zach Granke, Cal Freeland, Luke Weaver, and Patrick Corbin. Yeah, no thank you whatsoever. Looking forward to today, tomorrow's games, tomorrow's games. I uh, I don't know who the top guy is. This I think the entire top tier is just all fascinating because all of them are good matchups save for Bobby Miller, but Bobby Miller is probably my favorite pitcher of the lot. Bobby Miller goes against the Astros, so he's at the bomb at eight. But you have Pablo Lopez, James Paxton, Merrill Kelly, Freddie Peralta, Bryce Miller, Michael Walker, and Jose Barrios are here. There's also the Orioles for Bryce Miller, which is a little bit tougher than say Merrill Kelly against the Giants or Paxton against the White Sox. So it's it's just all an amalgamation of hey, just start these guys and we'll talk later. Probable start is very shifty, but I feel like it's it's a it's a true probable start because or probably start because. You have them on your teams and it could be all questionable, but it's also, yeah, you're probably going to start them regardless. So you have Lance Lynn against Boston. Boston's been doing well lately. Uh, then again, don't get too overwhelmed by the 15 runs against the Yankees. Like that's going to skew a lot of stuff. But Lance Lynn just had 16 strikeouts because the secondaries were really good. Now, was it the Mariners just whiffing on everything? Maybe, but... I can't not start him after 16 strikeouts, right? Justin Steele. I should put hit the button, but it doesn't come up on the podcast. You know what I'm talking about on Twitch. Um, Justin Steele gets the Cardinals, but it's in London. And London is a big offensive environment. At least that's what we've seen in the past. So it's a little scary. We don't really know. Also, Justin Steele's only one start removed from his uh, return from the IL. So it's just a lot of question marks that generally has me not starting him. But I think you're going to do it anyway. Tanner Bybee hasn't been too amazing lately, but it is the Brewers. And I think he's still going to do that one. John Gray had this amazing stretch, then was pushed back a start because of a blister. So 10 days later, he starts against the the Blue Jays and he gets destroyed. And now we're getting the Yankees. And what do we make out of this? Well, the fact that John Gray is going again on regular rest is telling me, A, the blister is fine, right? It's good enough to do this. So that's okay. That's a good, good sign. Now, he's out of rhythm, though. And a big thing with John Gray I've talked about is being in rhythm with that slider and fastball command, right? That is a huge thing. Also, this changeup showing up. And we've seen the ups and downs of John Gray through his career, especially in 2022. And I don't know. It feels like it was a wall that was hit, kind of almost like a Vargas rule in that way. But not really. Like, I guess I'm going to do it and hope for the best. Question will start here. It's Reese Olsen against the Twins. Uh, That's my stream pick of the day. Uh, I think Reese Olson has a really nice changeup inside of the both get whiffs and they move really, really aggressively. And I think he's learning how to use them much better with every single start. Also, the fastballs can jam guys like Reese Olson's kind of good and it's against the twins. So I'm, I'm curious to see more of it. He had a really bad blow up inning, but it was against the against Atlanta. And that's like the one big clunker in uh, Reese Olsen's uh, resume thus far. I think he's a good solid starter here. And I think that's uh, a solid stream for you to make. On uh on Saturday. He's not in the probable start tier, probably start because he's still young enough to have that floor that every young pitcher has, because he's just unknown and lack of track record. But still, I think it's very interesting. Dean Kramer goes against the Mariners. You might want to do that if you're win chasing. Uh he had a 40% CSW on the four-seamer last time and got a lot of whiffs on that upstairs. I think it was like eight of them. There's something to that, but I think Dean Kramer's a little more um volatile than I like him to be. The four-seamer is performing very well this year. Actually, I remember looking him up before and being like, whoa, he's getting a lot more swing strikes than I thought he was on it. So, maybe there's something there to that. Uh, and as Valdo Bido was my SP roundup lead last time, I wasn't too high on him, but it's the Marlins. And he does enough. Like think kind of like, like Luis Ortiz almost. Uh, with less velocity. Um, so, there's a chance here that he can make that work against the Marlins. The do not start to you tomorrow. Luis Severino is going against the Rangers, as we already know. Not not a fan of that because he's just in this weird purgatory at the moment of his stuff. And then of course as a right hand against the Rangers, it's just too risky. Adam Wainwrights in London against the Cubs. All these are like really bad. Like really, really bad do not start. Sometimes there's like actual intrigue. Like I was saying, like, hey, Joey Wentz, maybe that'll work. I don't know. Like these are all really, really bad. Like Adam Wainwright, sure, maybe he goes six innings and he has this event inside of London that really amps him up, makes him better. I don't know. Sean Mania has been doing kind of better with the opener. He goes against the Diamondbacks, but I don't want to do that. Christopher Sanchez did four good innings, but like it's against the Mets and I don't think Sanchez is that good. Ronald Blanco is kind of interesting, but he gets the Dodgers. Griffin Canning is really interesting, but it's the, it's cores. You can't do that. Josiah Gray has not been fancy relevant for a while. I think if you're starting Josiah Gray, you're very dire straits and it's against the Padres. No, thank you. Carlos Carrasco is not the guy we want him to be as he gets the fills. Brian Hoeing against the Pirates. I mean, you see that. He says, oh, the Pirates, how bad could this be? I don't really think Hoeing is very good, but maybe I have him too low just because of the matchup. Hogan Harris against the Jays. Hogan Harris has some intrigue, but it's the Jays, and I don't want to do that either. Uh, Jared Schuster against the Reds. Oh, come on. You can't do that. The strikeouts are so, so down, and he's not really finding his rhythm, and it's inside of Cincinnati. Johnny Chirinos against the Royals. Maybe I'm too low on this one, but I feel like Johnny Chirinos just doesn't do enough, and I, I feel like it's just a waste of a roster spot almost. I mean, like, he will probably get open four and go about four innings, maybe four to five if you're if you're lucky and you're hoping it's less than 300 runs and like not really going to get you strikeouts you're just hoping it's like a 120 whip with like two earned runs and it's just, okay maybe you will get a win there i mean maybe i should move him up because Jarrett juice or whatever i don't know graham ashcraft supposed to return from the il against atlanta i mean he was terrible before it and it's still ill and it's atlanta so absolutely not inside of cincinnati 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 <laughs> cincinnati uh chase anderson is in course hosting the I, uh, the, the angels, absolutely not. And Jordan Lyles is the l- worst qualified ERA in the majors against the Rays. We're not doing that. All right. This was a long one because I enjoy you and I appreciate you. Um, I know that there's some people that have had some podcast issues um, on their app, like Podcast Republic. I've gotten some reports on that. We're looking into it, Um, but make sure the main feed will always have it. I think the main feed is fine, especially like on Apple or Spotify, that kind of stuff, but we're looking into it. Um, It's just really important. I think uh, if you enjoyed this one, subscribe to this feed alone. Not necessarily just the Pitchless Fantasy Baseball, the actual Plus Pitch Podcast one. I mean, it's, it's a lot more streamlined for you. And uh, also leave a rating or review if you enjoy this podcast. Uh, it goes a long way for us, seriously. So please, please go and do that on Apple. It helps us out massively. Um, and just, you know, it's a little way to give back. So thank you. Um, but that is it. So my name is Nick Pollock. May your baps be low, and your strikeouts high.